0: N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash W-T-F. Lock the gates! <laughs> All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucksters? What the fuck nicks? What the fuckadelics? What's happening? It's Mark Maron. Uh, it's me, Mark. Mark Marin. Mark, I run this place. I I own the situation. I am the proprietor of the thing that you're listening to. WTF, the podcast, this is it. Uh, As some of you can tell, the audio might be slightly different. Maybe you can't tell. I don't know who you are or what your ears are. It's all relative to what you put in your head. You know, it's the same with stereo equipment, he said, switching subjects for no reason, transitioning into something that was spontaneous and just came out of nowhere when people buy stereo equipment, they're like, is it good? Is it a great system? Any system you buy is only as good as your fucking ears are, man. Seriously. It's like what, you know, it's how how old are your dumb ears? How how fucked up are your dumb ears? Have you cleaned your ears? That that is actually something you need to do. I'm glad we got here cuz this seems to be the message. Clean your ears, folks. Just, you know, I I've heard some doctors not so, not, not so hot on Q-tips. Other doctors, yeah, go for it. I say get as deep in there as you can without bursting your eardrum. I say just dig in there delicately. Be careful. But if you go deep, you can really find out that like, maybe you can hear better than you thought. Maybe your ears are better. Maybe you should buy that ex- expensive stereo equipment. That the only thing that's holding you back from spending too much money on a stereo is a bunch of gunk that you just have, have had in your head since childhood. Whew, I'm in Ireland, as you can tell from the ear dial. That makes no sense. No need for that transition. But I am here. I'm in, uh, I'm in Dublin at the moment. I flew in. I'm not alone. I am not alone, folks. Do not think that I'm just wandering the world by myself. I am with somebody. We are having a nice time. I'm just trying to live a private life in a public culture, you know. But uh, we're, we've, we've had a good time so far. Did I mention Lily Taylor is on the show today? Lily Taylor. Yes, that Lily Taylor that all the people my age grew up with in independent movies. One of the original independent movie goddesses, I would say, Lily Taylor is. And uh, I don't know exactly how the interview happened, but I was asked if I wanted to talk to Lily Taylor. And I'm like, of course I want to talk to Lily Taylor. And she's uh, in HBO's new Perry Mason series. Uh, which will premiere next year. But I think she was just in town and wanted to chat. I think we were supposed to do it years ago, and now we made it happen. And it was quite good, actually, because she is a singular talent and a singular person and very uh, familiar to to me. I, I don't know why. Uh, she's Lily Taylor, you guys. but uh, So we f- flew out from Los Angeles through Philadelphia into Dublin, and the eating has begun. It's already happening. It took no time. The difference between this trip to Ireland and other trips I've taken in the past is that I'm planning on going up northwest where the rocks are. There's a rock journey. We're going to see the cliffs and the rocks on the ocean in the northwest of Ireland, in the uh, Greencastle area in County Donegal, uh, which I'm talked to a, an Irish guy yesterday who's lending me a guitar uh Bren who books the promotes comedy here and he said that that place is crazy he said it's crazy and I'm like what do you mean he's like yeah it's just crazy crazy like what uh, yeah, it's just I don't even know what it means I'm just hoping there's a reasonable supermarket up there so I don't have to eat you know spend two weeks eating soda bread and potatoes and that's not meant as a racist thing or it judgmental in any way. It's just that this morning I had two pieces of soda bread, some loosely scrambled eggs, which is something people do in Europe. So I cook them all the way through. Yeah, but that's it's nice when it's a little gooey. Is it, though? Really? It's eggs. Do you really want them raw? I don't know. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm not judging. Like, I'm going to be critical about the eggs I just ate, where next to it was the black pudding, which I don't even know what's in that the brown pudding, I don't even know what's in that. It's a sausage of, a sausage of some sort, but it's got a certain texture and it can't, you know, it's not healthy. back bacon, I don't even know what that means. It's it's bacon but it's different than American bacon because it's better. Because everything's here, everything here seems more intimate for some reason. Like you know the the produce seems better because you feel like it's kind of local. And uh, you know it's attached to somebody, like in between. You, you know the produce just moves in between you and the people who picked it, not some boxes and agri fuck and big business. I don't know. Oh, so I'm at the airport and some guy comes running up to me, and this is in this is in the lounge where, where you're supposed to kind of be cool, you know, like just chill, man. We're in the lounge. We made it. We made it. Guy comes running up to me. He's like, Mark Marin. I'm like, yeah. And it turns out he's the rep from Shure Microphones just beside himself. Like, oh man, I can't believe this is happening. And I'm like, what's up, man? I love Shure Microphones. And they're like, he says, we know, we all know. And I'm like, I talk about that SM7 mic all the time. He's like, believe me, people come running up to me at, at HQ. Marin just said something else about the SM7. Like, I can't shut up about the sm but I never asked Shure for anything. I genuinely, I'm obsessed with those mics. And the mic I'm talking on right now is a is a Beta 58. And like I told him, I said I got two 58s with me. I got two Beta 58s with me. He's like, well, "Yeah, we do too." I'm like, "What are you doing? A podcast?" No, they just have samples, I guess. But he gave me his card, and they were just excited. He took a picture with me. I guess I'm maybe they're going to hang it up in some sort of Hall of Fame at Shure HQ. I'm the SM7 guy. Good mics, good podcast mics. Yeah, but they're expensive. They're real deal radio mics. But whatever, man. I I, I I fetishize things, folks. We know that. We know that. Boots, it changes over time. Think about it, all the things we've been through together, the fetishizing. Remember the jeans? Remember the cast iron pans? Remember the boots? And then the mics too, yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff happening. So, well, that was exciting. But then we we get on the plane and and you know I've been eating pretty healthy, but like I thought maybe I could hold off one day, but it didn't happen here. It just uh, even on the plane, you know, I was uh, obsessing about my glasses because I have a new prescription and I don't know if they're right, and I thought it would destroy my vacation, and I thought it would ruin the vacation of the person I'm with, which I've done many times in my life for one reason or another my i'm not seeing quite properly we're fucked it's stupid there's nothing i can do to correct this situation i can't get a new pair of glasses i shouldn't have changed the lens before i just left i was pretty obsessed about it and it was sleepy time and yeah everybody was dozing off i was watching a movie eating the bad dinner the chicken and then like the dessert options came and i'm like i don't want dessert you want a cheese plate or ice cream, caramel crunch ice cream? All right, well, I guess, all right, just bring me the cheese plate. And I don't eat that much cheese. But I sat there obsessing about how my glasses were going to ruin my life. I had the cheese plate, and I just fucking sh- shoveled cheese in my face, airplane cheese, not even fucking quality cheese. It was presented as quality cheese, but it's not, even if you're in first class. And then after that, I'm like, God, oh, fuck it, man. I can't see. And this is stupid. Can I have the ice cream, too? So she brought the ice cream, and I just fucking ate that. And, uh, I went to sleep kind of, kind of slept on the plane, which you do. And I'm laying there and a massive amount of turbulence wakes me up and we're in turbulence, we're over water, which I don't love. And the turbulence is happening, but I'm not moving. There's nothing you can do. And then, you know, the thoughts come, you know, is this the position I want to die in? Should I be sitting up? Will they find me the same way at the bottom of the sea? reclining or would I like to be upright when that happens just gross and white and decomposed strapped in do I want to be lying down for that at the bottom of the ocean or do I want to be sitting up for that I decided to stay laid down I stayed laying down and then I started thinking like well this might be happening there's some serious dips going on and I'm not going to sit up for it but then the the other thought came like this might be it and uh kind of glad I ate the ice cream I think that was a good call. You know, if I'm going down and the terror starts and the screaming starts and the, oh my God, oh my God, like all around you, do you want to be in the middle of that thinking, well, I need that. why that? didn't I eat that ice cream? Why didn't I eat it? And that maybe like trying to judge how much time you have before you hit the water and die. Like, could you somehow manage to get to the flight attendant area to get an ice cream? Like... Everyone's freaking out. We're going to die. We're going to die. And you're thinking like, is that ice cream still frozen? How do they keep it frozen on here? Is there a way I can get it? Just chaos everywhere. Oxygen mask is dropping. People in different angles of recline screaming. But you're just sitting there like somehow managing in a twirling, spiraling plane to be eating small glass of one scoop of ice cream not even a sunday situation but we made it but i at least occupied my brain in a healthy way i finally bought an irish cap i've avoided it every time i've come here but i've kind of thought i wanted one and then i realized like even if i never wear it anywhere at home i'm wearing it here i'm going to be that guy and i got one and it's not i don't think it's a cheesy thing to do I mean this the tweed they make it here and you wear it on your head. I mean it I don't it's you know and I'm old now. It's an old man's hat. Old man's cap matches my old man head. All right, look, Lily Taylor, I love her. And you know we all have loved her at some point in time. She's done some great work, and I, I was happy to talk to her. She is a, a unique person, intense, intense. This is me talking to Lily Taylor. Uh, she's going to be in this Perry Mason, this remake of Perry Mason on HBO that's going to be out next year. But I think she just dropped by to chat. I don't remember when, like, you were going to do this a while back. It was, like a long time ago. Ex-
1: uh, yes. Yeah. A few times. Really? Yeah. And kept getting fucked up. But and and I really don't have anything to promote, <laughs> and that's okay, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Wonderful.
0: <laughs> yes, sure. You like, you like you to ha- talk? I, I do. You like to talk? I like to talk. All right.
1: I'd prefer that over over promoting. Stick in, I don't know something, but I don't know what.
0: You know who I interviewed earlier? This guy, Rick Baker. Do you know Rick Baker, that the makeup artist? Who did all of them. He's like done everything.
1: Was it fun talking
0: to him? Well, it's kind of wild. I mean, I don't know anything about that stuff. I love those guys. Yeah?
1: And women. but You played one. A makeup artist with Downey. I just
0: remember. Oh,
1: no, wait. With Robert Downey?
0: Yeah. No, he
1: did makeup on me. Oh,
0: he was an aspiring. He was the guy that was learning how to do makeup. That's right. And he took a picture of you dead. And he did it on me. Right. Like, he, he, like you're pretending to be dead, right? And he yeah. Hit, right. Yeah. That was in uh, Shortcuts. Right. Uh, oh, Bob. Yeah, that was a... I th- it's weird with that movie because I love that movie and I like him. And for some reason, I'm the only one who interpreted that movie as a celebration of the human spirit
1: really well you need to find more like-minded friends
0: (laughs) well i mean it's dark
1: carver carver but it's dark but yeah but the the connections and that we're all sort of moving amongst each other
0: right but it was like every story was there was not too many great stories in that way.
1: that's that's true
0: what was was that guy like altman i've talked to a few people about him there's not that many people that i mean know him but i've talked to a few
1: I I love Daltman you know he was just one of those really special men and you just knew why he was one of the best directors yeah he sort of was like this master puppeteer yeah but you didn't see him controlling anything
0: right just easing in and out easing in and out because that movie was like, that was a later one, right? I mean, he was- it That was. Like...
1: It was after the player, It was after he was sort of- Right. His comeback, whatever that means. Right.
0: And Downey, he was like a kid then. That was before the the, the problems, was it?
1: Well, he, I knew he was having some problems <laughs> oh, you did? when we were doing like, it. Yeah. Oh, that was clear. Because he had already been on Saturday Night Live, I think. Right. And I had done some- You heard stories about him doing crazy things in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Downey was having a nice time. I, I think it was probably still working actually at that point. For him. yeah, yeah, right,
0: right. Still, had, it was still fun.
1: Yeah, the party was still
0: a fun thing to be at. Yeah, it certainly didn't it didn't keep going that way.
1: Boy, is he a great example that it ain't over till it's over.
0: You don't yeah. give up hope. Yeah, it ain't over until you've made all the money in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's his story. Yeah, things got bad, and now he's back, and he <laughs> he's made all the money possible to make in show
1: business.
0: <laughs> <You> right? Yes. <laughs> where did you Where did you come from, though?
1: Chicago, outside Chicago.
0: Yeah, Midwest. Really, like yeah. you're a full-on Midwest family. You don't. I, I always associate you with the East Coast sensibility.
1: Because I moved there in '88, so I've been there. I'm, I'm. You don't
0: sound Chicago.
1: I know, but I can go back there fast.
0: <laughs> that was pretty
1: fast. Thanks. I can go back fast. Yeah. But I love. I love. I always knew I wanted to be in New York. Yeah. But I'm you're from one Chicago. Those
0: yeah. Like like in like the city itself.
1: Yeah, because I knew I wanted to be a theater actress, yeah. and I knew I wanted to. I just knew I loved Chicago, but it wasn't quite enough. I also was a little. Chicago's pretty great. It's fantastic, but I also felt a little unusual and I felt like New York, there was more room for me in New York. Right, sure. Yeah.
0: So did you start in Chicago though? Did you like, what's, you come from a, how big's a family? Six kids. Six? Six kids. Catholic? No. Just a lot of kids. Just I don't know. I always ask that anyone, anytime that someone says there's more than four kids in a family, I assume it's uh, Jesus related.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. Um, I don't know what was going on.
0: Well, what's your? Well, what, well what do my, your folks my do? younger brother
1: and I were surprises. So. Oh, so um, yeah, you know, my dad was uh, complicated. He was mentally ill.
0: Really? With yeah. What?
1: He had. Manic depression and alcoholism, but in the 60s, when they didn't really know what it was.
0: When it was just angry and sad. Exactly. And it, drunk.
1: It, exactly. And right. when they discovered, before they discovered lithium, he was getting shock treatments.
0: But then oh, they so gave him
1: lithium, but then alcohol negates lithium.
0: So he was self-medicating alcoholically. Which, which
1: a lot of manic depressives do.
0: I know. Yeah. Oh, my- you do you know them? I do. My dad was uh, uh, bipolar, he, and he, well, he is. I mean, he—he he kind of—he keeps switching up his diagnosis. So, yeah, now, which, which
1: is a very bipolar thing to do. I
0: know. Now, he, I guess, but he hasn't had any. I don't know if he's on medicine right now or what. But the profound depressions haven't been. I haven't. They, he hasn't had them lately, or he's keeping them away from me. I'm not hearing about it.
1: Did he used to go manic or depressive?
0: Both. Like there was like long periods of just sort of like they get that look in their eye where they're just sort of sad and like that kind of lonesome dead look in their eye. Mm. It's the worst. Mm. And then he get yeah he get manic and spend a lot of money and make some bad decisions. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well, we share something. <laughs> That's a very <laughs> yeah. unique thing to have a parent
0: who's uh, unique diplomatic word. Yeah. yeah, I I'm trying to yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. No, it is yeah. I mean I know yeah because a lot of times it gets you know there's plenty of people with alcoholic parents. Yeah that I've talked to that may be the parent you know the offspring of bipolar people Yeah So you so he was well into it by the time you were born then
1: He was Yeah he went into the hospital the year I was born Really Yeah that's when he had his big break actually so he was well into it but nobody knew what it was and then he had his break the year I was born
0: What did what how did that manifest
1: Well you know I think it originally manifested as severe depression mm. but then it worked into um Severe mania. He would go into the... You know, we had to tell the Cadillac dealerships, please do not sell to Park Taylor. Really? He'll be coming there in a few minutes. Please don't sell a car to him.
0: That was his go-to thing? Cadillac. To buy Cadillac? Come
1: on with a Cadillac. (laughs) Yeah. Pianos, a house.
0: A house. A house. Wow. A
1: house. And he did it in cash, so they had to move. So my poor mom was like,
0: I I got a pack. It happened. So you moved.
1: Yeah, I was out of the house by then. Poor Ma did it on her
0: own. Oh, that was after? Yeah. <laughs> so he, he stayed at it, huh? He did. He did. And then we did an intervention on him. They're so excited when they do things, though, aren't oh, they, when they're manic? Oh, they're thrilled. Yeah. And
1: But why isn't everyone else as thrilled it's as I amazing. <laughs> Look, I just bought this thing
0: I couldn't afford. <laughs> yeah. And you've
1: got the audacity to not be yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah.
0: God damn <laughs> it. You ruin everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh. so
0: Cadillacs when you were around and then a house when you left.
1: Yeah, house when I left. Yeah, is
0: he still around?
1: He isn't, but you know, we did an intervention on him. Uh huh. Which it worked. Um, and they look. To he, stop
0: drinking or to get medication.
1: Both dual huh. diagnosis. Huh. That's the key. Is he had never gone to a dual diagnosis that treats both the alcoholism and the mental illness. Because huh. did they,
0: they didn't have them.
1: That they they didn't. There weren't a lot of them. Yeah. But it wasn't something that was thought out. Mm-hmm. Like. And so, anyway, we got him into that place. Yeah, and he did much better after that. He, he would he would st- drink vanilla extract and have his little moments of, um, <laughs> uh, you know, tequila on the side. But for the most part, he didn't drink. He hated AA. Fine, I don't care. But he didn't drink. Yeah, and he died a somewhat happy man. Yeah, and somewhat dry.
0: Yeah, so, and medicated. Yeah, Depakote. 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 Yeah, you know, my old man was on that. Yeah. Yeah, that worked for him, huh? It did. My dad tries, he tried all kinds of things. I don't know what if he ever leveled off on anything. And then he would get obsessed with side effects and talk himself out of it. And then when they get manic, they stop taking it.
1: They're a really tough bunch to treat. Yeah. For what you just said, all those little things you just said. Yeah. That's the problem. Well,
0: now you know, what's, I think what's knocking my dad down a bit is age.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And He's 80. Mm-hmm. I don't know, even if he's manic, I don't know what kind of energy, what he has to do. He doesn't have much money anymore, so I think the damage is limited. Right. Yeah, so he seems all right. Where is he? Uh, he's in New Mexico. Where'd you go up? New Mexico. But I mean, they're from Jersey. I'm a genetically Jersey.
1: And you and they are in?
0: My mom's in Florida. My dad's in New Mexico.
1: Where in New Mexico?
0: Albuquerque. Love it. You do? Yeah, I love I mean, it. Have a soft spot for it. Me too. I, you know, it's now that it's become this hub... Of entertainment, yeah, it's amazing how many people have shitty experiences there because it's not the same as when I grew up there. No, well, it's a little beat up. Yeah, you know, it's a bit of a drug problem. Now,
1: now it is. Yeah, and it Racing, wasn't.
0: Well, I don't know. It always, I, it, it always they had a relatively high crime rate. But I didn't know that stuff growing up. And to me, it's Northern New Mexico. It's just pretty. Yeah. But now it's. I go back and it's a little beat up.
1: It is. But I appreciate that in relation to Santa Fe. I I prefer the little rougher on the sure. edges. Sure.
0: And well, how? When was the last time you were in Albuquerque? I've been a
1: lot because I did film. Yeah. Yeah. Did you film there? I filmed um, uh, um, Maze Runner, um, Chambers. um yeah. I think even a season of of I filmed like three things there.
0: So you've spent a lot of time there.
1: I, and I really like it.
0: Where did you go? Like now, well now I'm going to play like, Some, uh, where'd you go eat? Did you go to Frontier ever? Oh,
1: God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, love Frontier. Yeah. That was one of my favorites.
0: I grew up in that restaurant.
1: I'm sure you did. And it's still going strong.
0: It's amazing. Love it. Yeah. When I was in high school, we used to drive there, meet there, spend hours there drinking coffee. Because it just. It used to be open to like, there was a period there was open all night. And then it started open to like later, but we just sit there because it's it was open not, pretty late. It is,
1: and it, it's. I bet it's good. It's the same, right? Exactly. It hasn't changed.
0: Yeah, I go. I will get huevos rancheros, green chili stew. Mm-mm-mm. Sit there, those sweet rolls. I never ate that much, but Mm-mm. people like them. Ah, uh, oh, New the Mexico chilies. story. Green chili. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So okay, so you're in Chicago. There's six of you. Yeah. You're the second youngest. Yeah. And there's four. Is everyone good?
1: Yeah, all your siblings. Do you <laughs> yeah. know them all? Or are you? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we share a bond because of the mental illness. Do, do you have and siblings? also because
0: you're siblings?
1: And we're and well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Do you have siblings?
0: I do. I have a younger brother. Okay, and he's all right. We're we're pretty. We're a lot alike. There's not much distance between us. Okay. You know, emotionally, psychologically, but I don't know what what's the age difference between you and the oldest.
1: That's the thing. Yeah, my oldest brother is thirteen years older than me. Right. So he was like this weird guy. He was like a weird guy who who was like, who's this older guy who's right. around the house? Like,
0: so, so by is- the time you were like ten. Oh, he was long gone. Oh, he was. Oh, long gone. I, yeah, he left when I was five, so I was always
1: like, "Who's that guy, Parky?" Yeah. His yeah. name was Parky, but yeah. I didn't know him. My other older brother was just like a cool older brother who was like took you on motorcycle rides, right? And and, um, and then my sister was fantastic, and she was a dancer. And my other sister, we had a foster sister. We they brought in somebody uh-huh. before he broke down. Uh-huh. And then my younger brother's out here. He's um, a locations guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, and um, and I'm cl- I'm close to my family in a lot yeah. of ways, and yeah. yeah,
0: and then sometimes not. They're there. It's weird because I always ask people about their families, and I always assume that everyone, yeah, I, I, you know, you, you're only as close as you make an effort to be. Yeah, and there's yeah. some people that are like, well, I always talk to my brother, I always talk to my sister, but some people are like, yeah, I, you know, I talk to them occasionally. Yeah, what are you gonna do?
1: Just because your siblings, like, I'm, I don't really talk to my two older brothers, right? And I don't know why.
0: They're older and you don't maybe you they're don't older, know that.
1: and I don't know why. But if they called, I'd say, Hey,
0: sure. <laughs> we, well, I mean, you're not not talking.
1: Well, to one, I'm not talking. Okay, that's okay though, because yeah. he's drinking.
0: Uh, oh, that's it. Call
1: me when you're not drinking.
0: Really, yeah, oh, yeah. you got to do the heavy Allen on it. That's okay, hey. that's okay. Detach with love.
1: I don't have a problem with it.
0: Yeah, so some, some of them got the <gasps> we, thickness. Got, we got
1: the flu. Some of us got the flu. Is that yeah. what you
0: say? The flu, uh, yeah, the mental flu. Yeah, yeah, did you? Yeah, you got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. How bad?
1: You know, I always Which thought. Which
0: one, the bipolar or the alcohol? Alcohol. Oh, yeah.
1: I always thought, do you have the flu? I do, yeah. 20 yeah.
0: years without the, 30. Without the cause. 30? Well,
1: 29. 29.
0: That's good. Yeah. You do the thing?
1: Oh, I do the thing. Yeah. I do the
0: thing. How am I not seeing you at the thing? I've probably seen you at the I thing. Honey, I live in New York. I know, but I got sober in New York. I I, you're probably
1: an extrovert, right?
0: Well, I guess, yeah. Maybe, maybe,
1: I'm an introvert, so those movies, were um, movies. excuse yeah. me, meetings were a little a little too much for I me. I needed
0: something, man, yeah. to not feel like a weirdo. Yeah. So you, and then they'd have that dance. <laughs> I, like, I barely could do the dancing. They had to dance once a year, and I was like, can't do it. Can't do this total sober fun thing. But
1: you know, what's so great is that there's so many other people who are probably having the same thing. Oh, yeah. And a lot were dancing, but I know a lot are like, what the hell, I, know, I can't I, do
0: this. I Well... Yeah, but some people are like, let's just embrace it. But I'm like, this is... There's a part of me that's sort of like, this is a little sad. Yeah, Because we're overcompensating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I talk I talk about it pretty freely on the thing because I, I... It changed my brain yeah. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I when know. Did, well, When did you get sober? I was 29. Eight, uh, How um, old were you?
1: I know. Exactly. I was young. I thought I was probably 24. I got sober in 91. I thought... I was going to end up in a bar stool with Paul Malls and chip nail polish. I thought I was going to go that way, like at forty. Like, yeah, it didn't happen that way. It, it happened. I was, I went. I got a friend said, "Do you want to come see some chamber music with me?" I said, "Okay, fine. I'll, I'll go."
0: This is in New York. Yeah, I said. So I'll, you're already there. You already working? Already there,
1: working. Drinking. Have you done a
0: movie? I've done three. You done? So you? Oh, so this is like right at the kind of original peak of your indie stardom.
1: Not even I had not even started the indies because everyone left New York yeah. when I came yeah. in eighty eight, and the indies started around maybe it was maybe ninety two ninety three probably.
0: I that's started when the indies. oh, that's when you, what you would call the indies.
1: Yeah, I, I guess so.
0: Well, I mean, like which? What do you consider the indies?
1: Well, because
0: um, like by like dogfight.
1: I guess that was an indie, but that was Warner Brothers. Yeah. But 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 she. She had a studio telling her what to do. Yeah. So I wouldn't, that didn't feel like an indie to me. Well, that but, felt like an independent director. But Mystic
0: Pizza? No way. No. Commercial all the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. So that's, oh, so that was sort of the middle then, the indies. So she's having a baby, Mystic Pizza and Say Anything. Those are big studio movies.
1: Studios, yeah.
0: And you'd done all those.
1: Exactly. I'd done, yeah, I'd done those. My, my dream was to always come to New York to do a play and yeah. with a little bit of money in my pocket. Yeah. So I got a play at the public theater in um, eighty eight. What did he see by Richard Foreman?
0: Oh, that, those were crazy plays. Crazy. Yeah, a lot of things going on in those.
1: Yeah, plays. like a dream. It was yeah. fucking great. There's a lot
0: of things going on every, but not a story. Everything but a story going on.
1: Yes, <laughs> and and as the reviewer said, the there was plexiglass uh-huh. across the whole stage, and he yeah. said it was there to prevent the audience from strangling the actors. Oh no! So it it that was remember that Simon. <laughs> Yeah. Simon, uh, that awful reviewer where you get simonized if he oh, tore I you apart. Oh, yeah, I don't
0: remember that guy. Because yeah. he didn't do
1: com- comedy shows. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah.
0: Yeah. Were, yeah. were in a different world. He did world. theater, huh? He did theater. Well, it seemed like Foreman actually took residency at a theater later. I mean, he was, he was didn't he have his own yeah, theater? Yeah, the, the
1: Ontological Hysterical Society. Yeah. Very Foreman esque name. Right. At, on Second Avenue.
0: Right. Yeah. But this was at the public.
1: Yeah. Last time he worked at a. That's when he. that what drove him right, to fuck
0: it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And you were in that?
1: I was in it and it was just perfect.
0: So where did you but where'd you do your training? In Chicago?
1: I got kicked out of Goodman of DePaul. Which is it's a conservatory. Where's that? Chicago. Oh,
0: is that a good one? Yeah. Good what's it called?
1: Goodman of DePaul.
0: Wow, I don't know anyone else who's no one's mentioned that before. I well, think.
1: I think oh, uh um Riley went there. Um, John C. Yeah, he went there. It's, yeah. it's had some good ones. It's 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 the Midwest version of a Juilliard, but it's oh, right. Midwest, like a
0: Carnegie Mellon Juilliard. Exactly, one yeah. of the
1: league schools. Got it. Call it. Got it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you got kicked out. I did. For
1: here's the thing: is I I was going to do a TV show that would have lasted one day of work. You're not supposed to work professionally at these things, right? I had gotten the approval from everybody except my one acting teacher. Yeah, who said no. I'm not going to let you go. I said, well, I'm filming tomorrow, and everyone else has said, okay. He goes, you know what? We don't like your attitude. I said, you know what? I don't like your attitude. He said, you know what? You don't come back to this school. You I said, you know what? I'm not going to come back to this school. I hung up, and that was it.
0: That was it? I was done. What? How long have you been there? Four months. Oh, man. It wasn't so th- for me. Yeah.
1: You know, I did feel that they... I felt my spirit getting kind of knocked down a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and um, maybe it just wasn't the right fit.
0: Yeah, well, I mean... I. I wonder what because you seem kind of uh present and uh you know kind of uh, lit up, so sensitive, mm-hmm. so they like it seems like people that have that type of personality uh, get beat up by people like that. Mm.
1: That's, it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. that's
0: <laughs> it. You just you're moving through the world too open, and they're going to shut you down.
1: I, I like to think that's what happened what I felt like it was that I wasn't trainable or you see you can't do anything right, you know, yeah. but thank you. I like that take better. I like your you, take
0: Well, I, I just think that excitable people like especially people with a system, it just seems that there's some people that just do what people say and they're kind of like go along this the the system then there's incredibly you know gifted people who are you know somehow they 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 treat like uh, like. Aliens that just landed, and they're so special. And then they're just open, sensitive people that just really want to try. And those are the people that they seem to take their shit out on.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Black sheep. Yeah, yeah.
0: But so it was probably better off. But was that the only training you had? Was that four months?
1: No, I studied uh, with um, the Pivens, the Piven Theater Workshop. Sure. So you've probably heard of them, right?
0: Jeremy's parents.
1: Jeremy's parents.
0: Yeah, it's, it was an improvisation, right? Were they? It was improv- games.
1: It was games. Huh. Theater games. They were kind Spolen. of famous.
0: They were like Del Close it, level which shit. Which
1: I I, st- I actually studied with Del. You did. I did. Huh. I lived, I lived above the Blues Bar, and I lived across from Burton's place. Did you ever perform in Chicago as a co- comedian?
0: Not not in the younger days. No, I've gone back. I was just at the Vic. I've shot a special at the Vic, mm. and I've done you know I've done Zanies, but I yeah I didn't know that improv world or those small theater worlds. But I've since I've I've sh- I've done films with Swanberg. I go there a lot. Like you know, I've been there a lot.
1: I was there during the heyday. Yeah, and I wasn't an improver.
0: <laughs> but Del Close was. He
1: hired me when I was still in high school, actually. Uh huh. And um, he took me under his wing, and he let me take his workshops, and he brought me into the the Herald.
0: Yeah, well, that's improv.
1: Yeah, I know, and I was awful. <laughs> I
0: yeah. was awful
1: because I learned theater games. Yeah, I'm not an improver.
0: Yeah, Florida.
1: I'm not. I like what lines. is theater games. Theater games, funny enough, she, Viola Spolin-
0: This is the other school.
1: Exactly, the Pivens. Viola Spolin, I believe, worked with Second City. Uh Uh-huh. So she comes from that background, but what she developed is these theater games that that help get you out of your head and basically into joy, really.
0: joy. Kind of. Did she frame it like that?
1: No, that's how I kind of think of it. it Or like play. Present,
0: oh, okay. Play, like-
1: Getting into the the moment.
0: Give me an example Like um, a theater game.
1: Let's see. One of the theater games is um, someone sits on a cube Uh in the middle and they've got one person on either side of them. Uh And when when I'm talking to the person on my right, I've got to totally engage and know exactly what she's saying. And then the person on my left talks. I've got to turn to him, but the one on my right keeps talking Uh and I have to go back to her and continue the conversation. Okay. So I've got to be totally alive to both. And yet. Uh-huh. Connected to both, so the, listening. So listening. That's what a lot of the exercises but it's, are.
0: But it's not written; it's improvised.
1: It's improvised. You're given like a who, what, when, and where. Right. But you're not trying to be funny.
0: Oh, so that's what you're. Yeah. That's what you're saying. You do improvise, but not with the need to be funny.
1: Exactly. With that's, all these other people who are competing to, to be, be funny. funny. Right. And that that was just killing me. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> fled New York because I was in that.
0: You fled New York or Chicago? Excuse
1: me, fled Chicago yeah. partly because I was in this comedian world yeah. and I was just like I'm
0: getting, getting beat yeah. up on all levels
1: there we go again beat up on all levels
0: poor Lily yeah <laughs> she's all sensitive and open with all these monsters <laughs> wanting to be funny A lot Jeff Ruland
1: I would go around with oh, Jeff on yeah. um in uh, New York
0: well he's so loud
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know Jeff
1: yeah, I would go with Jeff on his comedy nights in New York. I, did
0: you know him in Chicago? I did,
1: and then he moved to New York, and I was in New York. And then I would go with him yeah. to his sets. Sure. To talk to him. We're,
0: we're, oh, yeah. He'll, his sets, where he, before he goes on, he's like, I don't write anything. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets to a point where it's sort of like, Jeff, maybe I'll write a few things. Why not write a few things? <laughs> he still does it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he just prides himself on going on stage without anything prepared. <laughs> okay. Doesn't it work sometimes? <laughs> Del Close, I, what, did you learn anything from Del? Or did you just work for him? Um, he seemed like a heavy cat.
1: Yeah. Do you? What do you mean by heavy cat?
0: Just like, you know, had his problems. But like, uh, well, he's he's seen as a real sort of Buddha of the whole improv thing. I mean, like he spawned, you know, that, what is it, Longform Herald? Is it, isn't that his yeah. thing? Yeah. And a lot of the people that are around today... Uh, offshoots or offshoots of Dell, you know, like Upright Citizens Brigade. They're, like he, because a lot of the comedy world today is, is based in, you know, Chicago sketch and improv uh, as opposed to stand-up, you know. So they, a lot of them define what comedy is now. Yeah. And a lot of them come from that world, but they all revere Dell. But I know he had addiction problems and he had, you know, he was sort of an intense guy and he was sort of like, somehow stuck in in being this guru yeah but there was a failure element to him
1: exactly i think that's i was getting all of that i knew he was a genius yeah i knew stay with this guy as long as you can like altman like he's one of those like Uh just stay you'll learn but he um he would have rages Uh you know um i didn't Uh want to i didn't want to do anything wrong
0: felt like home
1: it felt like home
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's here's the other problem with people like us who come from that is like we're just gonna lock right in with any fucking <laughs> lunatic that starts yelling at us, like, no, oh, okay, hey, dad yeah I, I I have that too.
1: Wait now, did you know Kenny shopson? Did you know the I shopsons? Know. Okay, all right,
0: Okay, but I know I, I I know both sides of uh the the sort of boundaryless emotional erratic dynamic, yeah. Oh, you can't! Fi- it's taken me years to get out from under it.
1: I know. How old are you?
0: Fifty-six.
1: Yeah, fi- fi- I thought you were about there. Um, yeah, fifty-two. Yeah. It's nice. I mean, it's you know what? Getting old is a lot of things, but it's nice to have gotten through some things. Oh
0: my God! So you're you're there with uh, you know with the genius yelling occasionally with Dell.
1: Yeah, there with Dell, knowing I was with greatness, knowing yeah. I wasn't an improver, and that yeah. I needed to get the hell out of this world. Right. Um, so I went to New York and, um...
0: But you learned things. You you liked the, the Piven school.
1: I, I loved, I loved Joyce Piven. She was my teacher.
0: Yeah, and it helped.
1: It helped. And I'm very, I'm curious. So I learned from books. I sent myself to Carnegie Mellon for a summer program when I was 16.
0: Yeah? I... Oh, before you got, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I I sent my... I. Would always investigate, and yeah. I, I, I'm an investigator. Did you
0: do acting in in uh, in high school too? Did you do stuff? I did, yeah. I did,
1: I did. I had a great, very strong acting school program. Yeah. yeah,
0: So you get to New York with, and you were you just sort of like, I'm here in New York, or did you know people? Oh,
1: did I you... did. Well, I did the Mary Tyler Moore for sure. You did. <laughs> Threw the hat in the air. <laughs> yeah. My sister, on the Lower East Side. Uh, West yeah. Village. Oh, you're in the West, West Village. Village. Oh, that's nice. You know. Yeah, I kind of settled there. I was. I'm about to go to the Lower East Side, and then Kenny Shopsin. Yeah. The crazy restaurant guy. A famous restaurant. Um, yeah. Uh, he, I was about to move over there. He goes, "I don't want you moving over there," and he yelled to the restaurant, "Does anybody here have a sublet for her? I don't want." Her. And then someone said, "Oh, I do." Really? Yeah, right on St. Luke's, right off of Eighth, Eighth, Seventh, and Eighth. Uh huh. Right near Morton and Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Clarkson and uh, So I moved there.
0: Oh, that's kind of nice. That's almost like it's West West, right? Very so, West. And yeah, yeah.
1: That's the block that's photographed. Yeah, that's on postcards.
0: Right, right, yeah. with the brownstones. Yeah, that's like yeah, a nice yeah, ass yeah. block. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's really. So nice.
1: that was okay. I'm living here. In west. He didn't College. want
0: you on the east side with the junkies. Didn't want me there. Yeah, too dicey.
1: Yeah. Well, the door, the the, the there was a little slot on the apartment I was going to rent to yeah. put in the little packages of things. And, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The business, <laughs> yeah. The package business. Here's the money. Give me the thing. Yeah. And that's where I lived. I lived on on second between A and B.
1: Oh wow. Yeah. In
0: eighty uh, nine.
1: Oh, you were in it. Oh yeah. Weren't we lucky to still get some yeah, of that? Yeah, I
0: guess so. I mean, a it's, little bit. No, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I I get nostalgic and I romanticize that time, but it's like as you get older, it's hard to argue. Like, was that better? I, I do know that there was. It seemed that there was uh, at that time a more thriving art scene on all levels
1: that's what I miss
0: yeah music theater uh comedy to a certain degree the poetry scene like th- there was still that way crashing wave of performance art there was still like people who who didn't have money could afford to live exactly. there and I think once that went away the vitality and the insanity of what drove all that stuff kind of went away
1: that's that's what I miss yeah that's what I miss
0: yeah but it was exciting to be in like you know heroin land <laughs> you know just it you was not have. my bag no I didn't do it but I lived right in the middle of it I understood it
1: yeah but you yeah. probably wouldn't have lasted very long if you no I tried it it oh, my really? it wasn't my bag
0: uh-huh. like coke and uh-huh. booze uh-huh. And pot yeah and the heroin just made me sweaty and tired uh-huh. and sick
1: I never tried it. I always thought
0: I didn't shoot it. I just snorted it because at that time in the late '80s, it was high grade, so you could just do it. And I literally lived next to a heroin supermarket. Mm. And you know, I was sober there. You know, I start. I I, the first time I got sober was '88. So I go through these year and a half periods, Uh you know, and and uh, you know, I would watch them, and I was sober, but I wasn't doing the thing. But I just see all these junkies every day, you know, and I just thought it was so sad. And that can just change on a dime. You just one day you're like. What is going on in that doorway? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How can it go from like this is a tragedy to like they're on to something? Yeah, like
1: that little turn of the Boom. mind. Yep. Yep.
0: And I tried it, it didn't stick. Thank God. Lucky. Yeah, it was just it made me nauseous. Yeah. But uh, what was your thing? Just booze? Yeah,
1: booze and pot, pretty much. I mean, a little bit of cocaine, a little bit, but mostly, mostly booze and pot.
0: So you get to New York, you're not on the, you're not on the East Side. You're not, but you're getting fucked up.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. But quietly, like I didn't want anyone to know I was an alcoholic.
0: But you knew? Oh, I knew. Oh, I knew from, from when?
1: You know, I I it's funny. I was in one of my journals in high school. Yeah. Scrawled across the page was you're an alcoholic. Really? Yeah. And then I started to make little things with myself like if I drank like in my early 20s, I would have to write. I would have to type to Elky. Like yeah. a very John Barleycorn esque type of. So, is
0: this like. But Did you find yourself. Did you romanticize it? Like, I'm an alcoholic artist. No. I'm. Oh, okay. No.
1: No, I was very ashamed. And so I would almost like do penance. Like, if I. And I'm not religious, but. Yeah. But if I was going to drink, then I would have to dialogue with yeah. alcohol. So that's not much fun. I wasn't having a lot of fun. Right. You know? Right. Because. Uh, and that you're was, doing it alone. Yeah. And uh. I guess I was trying to get conscious of it. I, maybe. Yeah. I, I was speeding up my bottom, is what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah.
0: Well, that's good.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't regret it. I, I got here much earlier than I thought.
0: That's yeah. It's a long time you got sober. So when do you start working? How does that start to unfold there? In, it well, in New York,
1: I was already working, and so I already, I
0: when you got there,
1: yeah, because I'd already done the movies, came into the play.
0: You did the movies out of Chicago.
1: Yeah, I still lived All in three? Chicago. Yeah.
0: Why they were Chicago movies? Were no, they?
1: No, it's because my.
0: No, Mystic You know, I was friends job.
1: with Cusack and all those guys.
0: Okay, so that was it. And so, who was I. The, who, who were the other of those guys?
1: Oh, um, uh, John Cusack, Jeremy Piven, um, Steve Pink, Dv Vincentis, Yeah. Spoony. 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 <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> Spoony G.
0: Okay. Um, sure. That clears okay. it up. Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: so they were all still in Chicago. Yeah. No kidding.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and we had an agent, we all had the same agent, and then we came out to L.A. to work with the actors gang, Tim Robbins. Right. And I got Mystic Pizza when I was out here visiting the agent with all the boys. Okay. And then went back to Chicago, did Mystic Pizza, came back to Chicago, then we did Say Anything with all the boys.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Came out to L.A., went back to Chicago, and then maybe one more movie, and then I moved to New York.
0: Huh, so that was, the f- yeah, because I see, like, I don't know, are you friends with those guys still?
1: Um, not really, but, like, if I see them, I know we would all get along. They're
0: very different people now. You know, they, I mean, it's, it's sort of amazing that they all hang out together, because like, I can't see Kuzak and uh, Piven hanging out at this point. No. Yeah.
1: No, I don't <laughs> but, think so.
0: No, but uh, but when I I can't remember. Oh, I do remember you and Fort Born in the Fourth of July. Did where'd you? Where'd you cast out out of?
1: Oh, New Stone. He came to New York, and I met with him on that one. Oliver Stone. Yeah,
0: yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was that intense?
1: It was. You know, actually, it was interesting. He he was a real asshole, and I was Oliver
0: Stone. No kidding.
1: You know, surprise, surprise. surprise. And it was hot. It was like a hundred degrees. I was like, you know what, man? I was like. I don't need to be here. I, I'm here to, you know, and I guess I got the part because of that. You know, he was, you know, clearly you could see he he just was damaged by the war.
0: I really? Mean, that was your sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because that was pretty early on. I mean, he'd done a couple other movies by then, but.
1: Yeah. That was pretty early on still. Yeah.
0: that That must have been. A, well, that's a pretty intense movie. Yeah, it is right. There's a couple of moments in that movie that are kind of mind blowing. I, you know, despite whatever Oliver's, I, I, he, he puts together a hell of a movie.
1: Generally. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. And Tom Cruise is really good because it's good when he has something to focus on. I think the wheelchair was a good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if Tom can like hang off of things or you know, like if he has a thing,
1: you're right. He needs an object. He does. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. He was doing push- push-ups.
0: Uh huh.
1: As uh, Ron I guess yeah. was his name
0: Ron Kovic yeah
1: I almost wanted to say don't maybe don't do those push ups maybe just sit in the chair Uh huh. just maybe yeah. relax a little bit you know yeah but I don't think he can
0: no, no I, he, he's kind of a he, you know despite all the weirdness he's kind of an amazing thing that guy
1: I agree the last movie is <laughs> yeah. when I was kind of like you're on another level dude which the, one the one the mission where he really was close to death
0: mission impossible yeah and and <laughs> yeah. so
1: much older and like wow you're on another level dude
0: you just yeah. are yeah <laughs> yeah, he he don't he certainly doesn't want to get old. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I saw that one where he played the pilot in the drug thing. That was kind of a good movie. It didn't d- do anything, though.
1: Oh, you know, right. That, I forget what it was I called. I heard that was excellent, actually. I
0: missed it. I thought it was pretty good. That's I what did. I heard. Like, it was one of those movies, like, why didn't it How could a Tom Cruise movie not make any sort of uh, dent? Uh, it, it's usually, anytime you ask that, it's usually because the ending is, is dark.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh,
0: any, any mm. big actor movie a lot of them that don't go anywhere it's because the ending is mm. kind of like ugh mm. people don't like that mm. they don't want to see that's Tom interesting Kim. you know what I mean sometimes, Yeah, I didn't
1: know I didn't know sometimes what, what they it was. suck
0: you know but but other times but, it's just... but
1: when they're good and they don't catch on why and that's interesting
0: yeah it's, it's a lot of times it's because of the fucking that's ending that's interesting Dogfight I kind of knew when that happened because Anthony Clark was a comedian
1: oh of course
0: and that was a big deal to comedians in that moment, where it's like he got a movie, That's a real right. movie.
1: Now it's like, my God,
0: comedic. I don't know what happened to that guy.
1: I don't either.
0: He was on—he was on TV forever, oh, and he then... got
1: high a lot. I actually got high with him because I was still using mm-hmm. during Dogfight. That was my my last movie using. Yeah, and I actually got high with him. That's sure. right. But Rivers' problem was so pronounced. Then even. Oh yeah, alcohol. Really, it was alcohol then. It wasn't. He hadn't gotten into the heroin yet. Yeah. But I knew that that poor guy had it bad.
0: That was such a. That was kind of a heavy movie.
1: I know, and especially with River, like, it was. He was so uncomfortable playing military. Uh-huh. I mean, you could just feel hippie yeah. all over him. Oh really? You could just <laughs> yeah. feel it. And yeah. poor Joaquin, at that point, he was Leaf. Yeah. That was his name, and his all of his friend and all of his family was around, and
0: yeah, and he was, Joaquin was in it too.
1: Joaquin was just always around. Oh, he was. Or Leaf. And yeah. you just saw this family that was like, they're hippies. Yeah.
0: and uh, Children of God. Children of God. And yeah.
1: He's playing a friggin' mean military guy. Yeah. A Marine.
0: But he did all right, right?
1: Oh, he did. But yeah. off, off set, was, he was a, it was a mess. It was killing him? It was killing It was. Wow. It really was. And, no, look. I mean, this disease, it just doesn't
0: discriminate. No kidding. And, and what happened to that director? I was looking at some of this stuff and there was a, like when you were in the independence that first, cause you're sort of were in the first wave of independence. I was. Right.
1: I was in it when they weren't really being seen and they weren't that cool.
0: Right. No, yeah. it, it, it was sort of that period with like Jarmouche and those people and, and Abe, what's Abel Ferrara? They
1: did the addiction with Abel. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh
0: my God. That guy was like notorious. You were in Rudy, too.
1: I know. I was still living in Chicago. No, I went back to Chicago to do a play yeah. with Joyce Piven. Yeah. And I was tra- driving over to Notre Dame after the show to do Rudy. Yeah. And then driving back to do the play. I don't know what the hell I was doing.
0: Rudy. Rudy. That movie. I know. That guy. There's
1: some Rudy fans out there.
0: Yeah, well, Rudy is one of those movies for some reason that everybody knows. I know. But so when what what would you say is the first Movie of those of that independent period because you did what's that see. I did, yeah. Because you were these were big movies. You did another movie with um with Altman, didn't he do *Predator*, *Predator*, Preda Porte,
1: Preda Porte, yeah. Was that Altman, yeah,
0: but that was a weird movie. That I was awful. Know. He was in the worst
1: mood. I didn't see it. Even. No, it's, it's he was miserable.
0: Mrs. Parker and the Vicious Circle, that was a fun Alan movie. Alan Rudolph,
1: I did that because of the shortcuts and Alan Rudolph and, and...
0: Alan Rudolph, smart writer,
1: yeah. Right. And director and like an Altman guy,
0: right? He did choose me with the exactly. character. exactly.
1: Remember, yeah, choose me was such a special movie back yeah. then. Yeah,
0: and he was like an Altman guy, right? That's exactly, right. and they yeah. were very close. Right,
1: same producers, same you know.
0: Right. So
1: I, I what just, happened to that guy? I don't know. I don't know. So that's what
0: that was my point. Is like during like what happened to a lot of these directors from that particular period? You know, because like a lot of times these indie directors of this. The last wave of indies? Yeah. Within two movies are directing, you know, Marvel movies. Yeah. And they just that's it, how it works now. It is sort of yeah. like in back then, like they they'd kind of play themselves out. But okay, so what what would you consider the first of those movies? The addiction? For me, yeah. um Household Saints.
1: God almighty. It might have been the addiction.
0: Household Saints, no? But that wasn't an indie?
1: Again, that's a studio. Huh.
0: The addiction wasn't. Ferrara wasn't, and,
1: but of course. Yeah. Can you expect anything but? Yeah. Oh my God, that was How'd fantastic. how you meet that guy? Well, the first time we met, yeah. Um, somehow he wanted to meet me. I went over to his fantastic apartment in um in the Flatiron.
0: Yeah. An
1: elevator that he had to ride. You know, one of those chain things. with yeah, the yeah. big, big handle? Lever yeah. handle, and we go up, and he's yeah. you know pulling at his neck, and he's like, you know, you know, he just probably did something crazy right before I got there. Yeah. And I come in. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, yeah, you, yeah, you're, you're, you know, do some good stuff. Well, he had a wine glass in his hand. Yeah. The wine glass tipped, just enough so that the wine didn't pour out. Yeah. And he <laughs> fell asleep. And I, and that was our meeting. And I said, Abel, hey Abe, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go now.
0: Yeah. Abe. Yeah.
1: I got the part. You did. Got the part, and I would go over to his little part, his his apartment. Yeah, and he would do what he was doing in one room, and I would go in the other room because I don't, I didn't have a TV. I needed yeah. a video machine
0: because uh-huh.
1: I was like looking at things. Like I had, the, I found this great uh, nature documentary about lions. Yeah, and I said, Abe, this this reminds me of when all the vampires are killing. You know, we all kind of are feast, right, feasting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, I love that, love that, love that. <laughs> so I would just come over there and I would think of things and work on things, and he would be in the other room and like like a little neglected child. I would just say, bye, Dad. <laughs> yeah. See you later. And I'd go back home, and yeah. it felt totally normal. <laughs> yeah. What I a trip. yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I I did love him though. I mean, love not past tense. Yeah. I was just going to actually work with him. I would work with Abel again in a second. Really. Because he's so creative.
0: Interesting guy, right? He's he's creative. He really is. So that was the that was a real indie.
1: That was fantastic. Did it do all right? Oh no! As we were making it, he's like, "Okay, we got five guys in the back of the Angelica with glasses on." And then, like after the first week, he's like, "Okay, we got four guys left. (laughs) We we got nobody left." It was fine. We you know it was so friggin' out there. Um, He knew. He's like, "Look, it's black and white. No one's gonna see this." (laughs) Um. Uh, and then I went in and did um uh, the 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 Valerie Solanas, which yeah. was so great and independent.
0: That was a big movie for you.
1: It was huge for me. It was yeah. huge because for me it was like it was huge in terms of collaboration. Also, like because I collaborated with yeah. with Mary Heron. there was nothing written about Valerie Solanas. She did all this research, so together we kind of found out who she was. Yeah. I just loved it. We were in New York. It
0: Who was, played Andy? Oh, Jared. Jared Harris. Yeah. And, so the that I, I want to make sure people are sure we know we're talking about. I shot Andy Warhol. Yes, that I shot it.
1: Andy Warhol.
0: And that was like, and you were that you were the one.
1: I was the one. Yeah. And great
0: it, actors too. You work with. Oh yeah. I just interviewed Dorf. He's fucking great. He's great. Great.
1: I know. We just did something. Um, Leatherface, uh-huh. the origin story to the Chainsaw Massacre.
0: You guys did that.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. I I um, I think I threw him into the pigs.
0: You did? Yeah. Or I had my
1: sons throw them into the pigs yeah. and, and finish them up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Martha Plimpton I've talked to as well. Oh, I've talked yeah. to all of you. Jared I talked to years ago. Yeah. That was a great movie.
1: I know. Mary Heron's so talented. What happened to her? She's still... I was actually just going to do something with her. Oh, yeah. Um, but I couldn't make the dates work. She's still... At it? I think what we're seeing with a lot of these directors that we're yeah. seeing in the first wave yeah. are so independent that... Um, you know they they do their own thing, you know. Yep. Yeah.
0: I do, it it is, and they stick with it. I and it's hard, you know. It's it's hard to realize that sometimes people aren't gunning for the type of success that you associate with having, you know, wanting to do. Like sometimes people independent f- filmmakers who I've worked with, you know, they get studio opportunities and they realize like I don't want to fucking do that. Yeah. Have no control. Be sold out. You know, and and you know have to compromise whatever vision or not even or just be a pawn in this bigger game. Like, so they wait and they do what they want to do. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's worth it. Some, you know, it's like it's weird if like if you make one amazing movie that you know people never forget, no matter what your life is or how you might think of it. That movie sort of stays. Sure. It's there forever. It is. It yeah. is. Hopefully,
1: if they transfer it,
0: because <laughs> right. there
1: that's been a problem actually. I've in got- terms of streaming. Well, in terms of the life of the the celluloid, I've got I have archivists saying to me, you know, you gotta watch this. He goes, you only there's only one print left of X. Oh, girls, town, girls town. That was a that was I think my first independent. Yeah, and that was we did that like Mike Lee style where we improv for a year. Yeah, and then really, yeah, and then we did it, and then we shot it in 14 days, all on donations. Maybe a hundred thousand dollars. I
0: remember the movie. I don't know. If, I don't remember if I saw it. Oh,
1: it's really. It,
0: I, have you watched it lately?
1: I have because, um, like, if people want to show some of my things or something, I always recommend it. Or yeah. Jim McKay, he's the he's the director. He's a great yeah. director. Yeah. He he asks for it to be shown. You oh know? yeah. It's, a, yeah, it's yeah. a special one. It's special. Yeah. yeah. That was my first independent.
0: So okay, and now at that time, I just remember there was a whole kind of. Um, almost a community of people there around. All, yeah, like
1: It was like everybody had left New York right when I got there in 88. Yeah, Because something had changed with the unions and everyone was leaving. Yeah. And, but a few stayed and the ones that stayed did the independence. Right. And that was the community that started to form.
0: Like who were they in your mind?
1: Well, Christine Vachon, of course, Killer yeah. Films, Abel Ferrara, yeah. Jim McKay, uh, oh, Ted Hope from um, um, Good Machine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: um how about the actors? Who the, were oh
1: god, the actors um uh Hope Davis, Edie yeah, Falco, yeah. um uh, Stanley Tucci, John Turturro. Right. Um
0: all the New Yorkers. All the
1: New Yorkers. Yeah. And we all and a lot of us do theater. Yeah. Uh Marsha Kay Harden. Yeah. And of course all the Soprano people were were the guys the, around there. That, yeah. Gandalfini, I mean Mike and Perioli I'd gone out with before he did Sopranos.
0: You guys dated?
1: We did. We did. We Yeah, we I loved each other. Him.
0: Yeah, he's a oh, sweet Oh, did you guy. talk to him
1: lately with the book? Uh-huh. I heard it's great.
0: It's a pretty good book. It's a nice, it's a, like a young adult's book. Good almost. for Mike. Like, he's up north somewhere. I he, know. He's, he's a
1: Buddhist. That's what I hear.
0: Yeah, he's just kind of hanging out. He came down. He was thrilled. I read the whole book. I liked it. You know, it was like a coming-of-age teenager story. And Lou Reed's in, a character of in course. it. Of course. Of course he is. <laughs>
1: yeah. Of course he is. And, you yeah. know, Mike was also in I Shot Andy Warhol. Yeah. He, so he was in his element because we were in the 60s and yeah. the production design was so good. And well, actually, Lou Reed was very upset we were making the movie, which...
0: He was? Yeah. Did you get to meet Lou?
1: No. He, well, I met him sometimes in the rooms, right. but yeah. um, he was very angry and at Valerie Solanis and that the movie was being made. And, oh, he
0: didn't want her to be uh, he, elevated Exactly. In any way. Exactly. Because that happens with those kind of stories, you know, where the people that were really there and it was horrible. You know, why would you draw attention to that person? Was she still alive, too?
1: No, I don't think we could have made it.
0: Oh. She would have killed us. <laughs> well, you know
1: what I mean? Because she's Maybe. paranoid schizophrenic. I wouldn't want her Wasn't around. Wasn't she locked
0: up, though?
1: Um, Yeah, but then she, she got out. Uh. She died homeless in San Francisco.
0: No kidding. Yeah. Huh. I know. So, like, what was the... So the reason why she killed was just because she was hallucinating? Paranoid schizophrenic. Oh, man. They make sense of things in a way that only they understand. Exactly. Which we're seeing a lot on the right now. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. sure are. Hey, yeah, there's a, a sort of intentional paranoid schizophrenia going on. Yeah, that's on.
1: a good good analogy.
0: So you never got you never worked with Harmony Corrine?
1: No. Because he was didn't. younger than
0: us, right? Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: That was like the next generation. Exactly. Yeah. And then he had
1: his whole little crew, you know, and he mostly did yeah. stuff with younger people. Yeah. Like Chloe Sauvigny, so she was
0: you know, yeah. she's fifteen years younger than me, or something. Yeah. What does she do? I see, I I see her in pictures a lot. I don't know what she does. Yeah. Cinematically.
1: Yeah, she's got um, clothing line, right? Oh, she does yeah. fashion stuff and and acts. I
0: don't know her. I never met her. So what? Like and, but you never seem to stop working. Well, that's true. Isn't that true? Yeah. And that's like you now, like this working. So what happened with? Uh, what was it? Uh, this, is this water enough under the bridge? Oh, oh, wait a minute. Are
1: you bringing up something about a guy?
0: <laughs> Who I talk to? Really? Yeah. Wow. I, well, don't take, take it personally. Oh, I'm
1: not. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, I'm not. You mean you talk to him on the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, a lot? Uh, no, I had him on once. Okay. And then I see him around. Now he's doing comedy again. Yeah. 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 It, seems like it still seems pretty volatile. Pretty fresh. Yeah, I guess so. It's a while ago, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It was devastating.
1: That was a hard one. Yeah. That was a hard one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to talk about it. We haven't even mentioned his name. I, well, that, that... Yeah, I don't usually mention
1: his name. Um, stalking is hard.
0: Yeah. As it? Was that the first time? And only time?
1: That I had been? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I... I but the thing—it's weird. So wait—we didn't even talk about. So what compelled you to get sober? What what evening did that? I just realized that you know you got sober in New York, and we brought that up. But was what what was the event?
1: When I got sober, yeah. So I was invited to go to, a um, uh, uh, chamber music.
0: Right. That's right. We started this story and we did not finish it.
1: Yeah. And I I said I'll go if you get high with me to my friend. Yeah. I got high.
0: Before a chamber music performance. Exactly. Yeah.
1: If you want to get sober yeah. and have the universe tell <laughs> yeah. you things. Right. So I was paranoid. I, I didn't want to leave because I thought, oh, I'll, everyone will look if I leave. Because the truth was coming at me. Because yeah. that was the whole thing. I was always right. running from the
0: truth. Right. Of your alcoholism. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And I was stuck. Mm. And it just happened. It just flashed. A, it was it was kind of white lighty.
0: At the chamber music? Wing? Yeah. At the performance?
1: During the performance. You are an alcoholic. Yeah. Like, like a, like a, like in big capital letters above the stage. Like, you are. And I was silent. I Mm. was silent for the next two days. I didn't say anything because I knew something had happened. And I didn't want to do anything for a while. And then um, I was going out of my mind, and then someone, from my past in Chicago had called and she must have sensed something and she said, you know, I've gotten sober. And I said, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I, I don't think I'm going to make it, I, 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 but I don't want to do AA. And she said, why don't you just go over to Perry Street? And that was it. Was well, it. someone in show
0: business? No. Oh. No. Did you have a soundtrack to your white light experience?
1: No, because I think I, I well, I went out of body. Oh, yeah. and probably and and I was high, uh-huh. so I never really remembered things. Anyways, right.
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I don't remember the music. I was I was freaking out. Wow. Yeah, and that's when my life changed. And
0: that was on weed. Yeah. That's a good yeah, because that'll freak you out. Exactly. And then the next day you went to Perry Street.
1: No, nine days later. Nine. Days. I I was hanging on tight.
0: Mm. I didn't well, want to do AA. I went in and out for years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was that, and that, that was, was that. nineteen what? Ninety one. Wow. That's a long time, I know. So most of your career, you've been sober. I have. So, okay, Michael Rappaport.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: I don't know what happened, but I have to assume that you've both gotten older and wiser.
1: I have. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, I don't, from the point that I stopped picking up the phone and and opening the door, I have, you can feel it. I don't, I don't. You
0: detach from it. Yeah. 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 But you you started out dating regular and then it just got weird.
1: Well, then I wanted to break up. And that was it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's usually when that stuff gets activated. I mean, if you have some kind of impulse control control or right. you know, or entitlement issues or yeah. don't think someone else has the right to their privacy.
0: But you got through it. Yeah, I did. I yeah. did.
1: Um Yeah, I did. It was hard though, cuz yeah. he's got a big mouth, you know.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think we talked about it, and I think it was one of those things that, like, it seemed to be in the culture, mm. right? Because I guess he's got a big mouth.
1: He's got a big mouth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that. That he still has.
1: Yeah, he does. It <laughs> seems bigger. He, that's the problem. He, he's, he was very juvenile and had a big mouth. Yeah. And so, he. It was like a fourth grade playground problem of, of. And you were the
0: villain. I was the villain. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, you know, best to just pull back and
0: uh, move on and yeah and you you ended up getting married at some point yeah that's good yeah you found somebody that wasn't to represent your childhood somehow
1: exactly I mean (laughs) you know look I mean that I think that was probably right before my 30s and yeah Yeah. we all we all go through things don't we
0: you know the thing is weird is that like I don't know you but you seem very familiar to me because I've grown up with you to a certain degree Mm -hmm. in your work but like, and I, and I get a sense of who you are, and, and you're like that, but the thing is, is that emotionally, I don't know that people change that much as people, but the intensity of their emotions and how they're experiencing them, that, that does change. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? It's like, I think who we are is sort of set you know, is the framework. Yeah. But the the emotional intensity, or you know, like the like sobriety, or you know, whatever obsession, insanity, you, you know, depression, like all that stuff that ha- happens in the psyche, in the emotional realm. You know, that stuff can level off. Yeah. And you can make different decisions around it. But you know, the the vessel itself and and the the sort of framework of who we are kind of stays the same. Sure. Which is, I I think I'm just realizing that. As I'm saying it to you.
1: Great. (laughs) Discovering it. (laughs) But, you know, it makes sense because, you know, they say people experience contentment after 50.
0: Do they? Is that what they say?
1: Yeah. And I I think it's partly because we've experienced so many things. We just know. We've had enough experience, like, to not go down X road, not go down Y road. Like, for instance, reading a review. Mm. I've read enough reviews to know that I don't shouldn't do that that doesn't work
0: for me so
1: now i don't read a review and it's like there's a contentment because i have experience now and that's that's wisdom
0: i think that's interesting i don't know if i've ever heard that put that i don't know if i i didn't know that adage that Mm. we experience contentment over in our 50s because like i you know for a while there i thought i was getting alzheimer's Mm. but it's just contentment
1: right right wisdom (laughs) and it's wisdom
0: well, yeah. And also, like, just knowing and I think for people like you and I in, the, in what we have in common, you know, in the boundary department to sort of, you know, have them and enforce them and make decisions around them, even though they may not be instinctually what we want to do, but knowing that we need to do it right. is a big deal. You know, to be able to say like, okay, just even to tell yourself, I'm not going to read reviews or I don't need to follow this person on Instagram anymore because it's making me full of resentment and whatever it is. Right. Like there's, we know enough to take care of ourselves uh, through deciding. Right. Because I can, for some reason, I'll, I'll let myself take a lot of shit. Right. You, You know, like, like just live in a certain amount of discomfort. Yeah. Because I just don't make choices to not do it. Sure. Sure. Because I'm used to discomfort. Right. Right. Do you know what I mean?
1: I do. And I think that thing about deciding or discernment only comes when you know what the things are that you are discerning. Right. So if you don't make decisions, if we were just sort of in a, ah, where am I? I don't know. But now we have enough information to know I want to do this as opposed to that.
0: Right. And make Some, decisions. Sometimes that's all I know is that I don't want to do that anymore.
1: I think that's a great way to get somewhere. To start <laughs> like with what don't you want to do or what yeah. that's I'm, a lot of information.
0: I'm still unclear about what I want to do. Yeah, me too. Are you?
1: Yeah. Desire's hard. Right?
0: Desire's hard. That's good that's what yeah, because I'm doing a bit now about that, how like, you know, joy and happiness is is not really anything I've looked for. Uh relief is really yeah. <laughs> sort of you know, like it's not happiness. It's just how do I not feel in, in, insane or right, anxious right. Or, or you know worried or full of dread or right. you know. I don't know. And
1: would you like it to be not just trying to get relief, but actually getting joy? Or just, uh, that must have felt good. That sigh.
0: It was good. Well, I think I'm I'm finding that you know contentment is sort of part of the pathway. Mm that mm. like it makes it seem more possible. Mm. I don't know that I'm looking for joy, mm. but I think happiness is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do think I experience joy, but I don't make a big deal out of it.
1: <laughs> God forbid. <Yeah. laughs>
0: I keep it to myself. Yeah. You <laughs> keep that joy to myself. I'm gonna spread the joy around. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think it's getting it goes, it's getting better. Yeah. Yeah, you?
1: You know, it's a big deal going to the second part of one's life. I feel that I'm up to the task.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't know. 50, when I, a couple of years ago, I was like, okay, I know there's a task. I don't know if I'm up to it.
0: it, what it, it but what does that mean?
1: Well, it me to me, it means, am I going to show up? Am I really going to show up? For and, this age? Yeah, to the next chapter of my life, huh. to the second part of my life, which is, Am I going to face the things that I didn't want to face, develop the things that are undeveloped, Mm. look at that which I didn't want to? Am am I up to this? Mm. Part of me was like, I may not be. I may not be up to this task. Well, what's the alternative? She just wasn't up to the task. <laughs> God guys. Guess what happened? She just wasn't there. That plays out in my mind. But That I go to bed and I don't. I, that oh. I stay in my bed.
0: Okay. Okay. Like I don't depression.
1: Yeah. Like okay. or 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 she just moved away and no one ever heard from her again. Right. Or yeah, she's just acting weird. Have yeah. you seen her around? No right one knows he,
0: what happened. No to one her.
1: knows what happened. But she's just not facing things. You yeah. Know?
0: Right. Right.
1: I feel like I kind of crossed that threshold, and I was like. I'm going, I'm going to, damn it, I'm going to muster up this. I'm going to, I'm going to face this task. I felt like I was like going there, going into the stuff that I'm afraid of. Yeah. I feel like I took a back step like a couple of months ago. Oh yeah? Yeah. Uh, Back steps are hard. Well, I'm working on this piece. I'm working on a piece. Okay. And I showed the piece.
0: Theatrical piece? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh.
1: And I, I, Think I it might have been too soon for me to show it to people. Oh, yeah, and so I lost myself.
0: Couldn't take feedback. weren't ready for feedback. I don't think I was. Yeah,
1: I don't think I was. So that's what I'm. So I need to just get back that. Yeah, fuck them. Okay. <laughs> See, I don't. I don't have that.
0: I, I, I don't either. But I, y- I can you, pretend.
1: You, you, well, you got it so that you believe it. See, I can pretend, but I'm just like. It uh, says it's, it's, it's heard, like you. oh she's pretending I, 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 she's I, I, saying fuck that
0: but I look I get very dis- like, but that's the one thing it's sort of like reviews like here here's the weird thing about especially now like if you're on Twitter or you know with reviews or you read a comment board or you know like I'm pretty sensitive but like I I've learned that from putting myself through it from taking those hits that it doesn't mean especially with the Internet, it's like it doesn't mean everybody thinks that way. It doesn't mean the entire Internet thinks that way. And even if it's peers, it's like, well, who are they really? I mean, you're just up against someone's opinion that comes from whatever day they're having, whatever life they're having. So at some point, you know, like most of the time, most people that you rely on, they're not even thinking about you. So like you know you put them in that position so for me when I break it down what's that opinion really worth and a lot of times if it triggers something in me like or they're, especially if they're trolls and they want to make you feel insecure or whatever I mean you, you know there's that but it's like even that's not really real like I'm developing a thicker skin from putting myself through it mm, Well done <laughs> But but like for what what are you writing
1: I'm writing um it's a one woman show yeah. with probably, you know, uh, film and sound uh-huh. and um and it's about acting and birding.
0: So it's uh, it's a memoir piece. It's a memoir
1: piece which takes it also is very difficult. My husband writes memoirs. And How I, many
0: memoirs can you write?
1: Ah, uh, plenty. Um, <laughs> he's on his fourth.
0: Is he writing a memoir about writing a memoir?
1: No, not yet, <laughs> not yet. You could they? Yeah, you what's can do the, them. What's his name? Uh, Nick Flynn.
0: Oh, he's a big writer.
1: Uh, another bullshit night in Suck City.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. the
1: one he wrote uh, about ten years ago, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Did all right. Yeah, it did. It good. did. It's um, a
0: good title. I know. So birding and acting. Yeah. What? If, what? You're a birder. I'm a birder. Hmm.
1: And what? What it? What it's about is about. Re- I realized that the. The skills that I use in my acting, I also use when I'm birding, the main skill being listening Mm. and that they intersect in this really interesting way. And, and it's really about paying attention because I'd read this thing where listening is the sense, hearing is the sense and listening is the skill and the difference between the two is paying attention. Huh. And so that's what the piece is about and how hard it is to pay attention. In general. Yeah. And and that I have so much experience of not being able to pay attention. Really? Because as an actor, you'd be in a psych ward if you were always in the moment. Huh. You'd be crazy. I mean, you can't always be in the... I'm when a, you're
0: working or just in like, life? Like, let's say I'm
1: on the stage. Yeah. The goal is to be in the moment. Yeah. Well, I'm... I'm aware of the audience. I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm, think, I'm in fear. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about dinner. I'm thinking yeah. about, I don't like the actor. Right. <laughs> How do I get back in the moment? Right. How do I get back in?
0: How do you? you know?
1: Right. So it's a lot of, I've had a lot of experience. The main thing I can always go to is listening because even if I can't listen, I can keep trying to and I will eventually listen. Right. It's got this cool thing built in it. Yeah. Like, okay, well, I'm not listening. I say, "Well, just try to listen." Yeah. But I can't listen. I just just try. Just yeah. just try. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I and got it. And that can
0: bring you back in. Yeah. So you're saying that cre- right, yeah, Right. creatively or that the, to do the thing, to get into the present requires hearing then listening and then then you are engaged and you're outside of yourself because you're in the moment. Well, you're not in your head,
1: right, and I guess it helps to have something to focus on like I guess listening focuses sure. I think it's hard to like be in the moment. what's be in the moment like what do, how do I be in the moment like yeah. I, that's not actable in a way to me, but listening is actable i can I can do that, yeah, and listening is so cool because it it makes room for the other,
0: yeah, sure it's all about the other. It's in a all way. about the other, yeah. Now, where's this coming? Now, when did the birding start?
1: The birding started probably about um, maybe eight years ago. I went to my first bird festival. Uh, the birding for me was when Twitter came. I saw that birds birders use Twitter a lot. They do? Yeah. Because it's a great way to communicate, oh, there's X bird over here.
0: Oh, okay. okay? So, like, you got a little world.
1: You got a bird world on Twitter. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, there's like a bunch of people at Central Park. There's like a bird there. And like, oh, cool, maybe I'll do that. Whereas before I would just like, you know, I felt like I was doing it alone. Like I liked birds. I had bird feeders. But I didn't ever like, I didn't know what to do with it.
0: Or what, what kind of birds were what? And Yeah. You know.
1: Well, I knew a little bit of that, just a little bit. But I guess I didn't, hadn't met my tribe, huh. you know, because so much of it is about us community, about us reflecting back with each other.
0: And, and you're part of it now?
1: Yeah, man. So I went to my first bird festival like eight years ago, and that's when I started calling myself a birder. Wow. Yeah. And that was like, I'm a birder.
0: What kind of people are birders? Well Can you generalize? My
1: husband's also a poet. Yeah. And he said, You know what? I think you've actually found a group that is more out there than poets. <laughs> yeah. You have you found it. You've you've got the medal. You got the medal. You know, here's what birders are. Birders are great. they're curious they're they're they investigate they um they're open um and yeah, some can seem nerdy,
0: but but their their obsession or their interest is is literally fleeting in the sense that you know you find these birds and you just want to you you have to wait and be quiet and and hope they don't fly away.
1: That's a good point. You know, that's interesting. That is definitely one way to look at it. But I think it's it's deeper because that bird is, where is that bird coming from? Where is that bird going to? What's its habitat? Uh-huh. It, is it nesting? Where do they hang out? Where do they hang out? Where's the other? Uh, how, why did I not identify oh, it? Was backstory. I not in the moment? Yeah. How can I identify that bird better? What do I need to do to learn? How can I sharpen my skills?
0: Yeah.
1: So you keep kind of trying to grow and develop.
0: Huh. Interesting. It's, so that yeah. well, that's the grow and develop and learn part, like in knowing which birds vacation where during the winter and that kind of stuff, right. or why they're not around, or where they might be, or is that the same one from last year? Look, it had babies, all that stuff.
1: It's infinitely interesting. It really
0: is. But 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 also the other amazing thing about birds is they fucking fly.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, they fly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's kind of amazing. I know. Right. They fly. Yeah, they fly. I know. And they're they're dinosaurs.
1: That's another thing we keep forgetting. <laughs> when I saw there are these great nest cams, and there was one with a great blue heron, uh, and it was I would use it to calm down, like when I was doing the conjuring, and I would come home after being possessed all day, and I would turn these nest com- cams on at night and just like just be with the nest, you know, with that heron sleeping on top of the chicks and yeah. the spring peepers and all that, and I was watching it, and all of a sudden a, uh, a great a great horned owl swooped in and tore the feather off the top of the um, heron's head and you know tried to get the heron and the heron came up and was like it looked like a pterodactyl yeah. like against like like the, uh, silhouetted this you like know
0: You and you saw all this?
1: I saw all of it it was like like a pterodactyl yeah. and it was like life and death and I was like first of all that's a dinosaur okay let's just yeah. just remember that yeah but just the life and death and
0: and you're just looking for a little piece
1: I was and but <laughs> I was but that's the thing that's that listening thing is I was like stop imposing on nature yeah stop going to it let, why don't you just let it be yeah. and not to be like it's good it's bad it, right. it, it's this it's that just come to it let it be what it is
0: yeah chaos
1: yeah <laughs> a
0: fight for survival <laughs> Bloody mess. Yeah. 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 No, I think it's interesting. And and so, well, I mean, don't don't be set back too much. Okay. Just because, you know, you put it out in the world. You should try, why don't you run it in pieces? Why don't you do some storytelling nights? Huh. Like a moth thing. Huh. Like, you know, instead of, like, instead of, like, worrying about the whole piece, why don't you break it into... Stories and tell them, you know, like a bit at a time, ten minute, very good, fifteen minute pieces, because they have all those storytelling nights. I'm sure any of them would love to have you.
1: Very good. I have. I've done a moth. I did the moth ball. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and I know those guys. I love. Was those Was it guys. part of
0: this thing that you're working on? The story you told. No. But would it work that you could do it that way?
1: Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I did that big benefit thing. Yeah. You know, at the the moth ball. Uh huh. But. I could just, I mean, they're all the time. All I have to do is just sign up to one of these things. Right. That is great advice. See, what I love about that is I could have just kept this all to myself. Yeah. And not shared this kind of struggle or this right. uncomfortable moment. And I did. And to a good good person, to yeah. a good source. Yeah. And here you just came back with something. That's what it's about. And for me, I'm an isolator. Yeah. And I don't. For me, what I've really learned the past couple of years is it's people. It's really by sharing with others that that's when I feel better. Of course. Uh, yes.
0: And that's, so that's, and that's also the nature of the program.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> duh. Duh. But I didn't know with my work how important it was. Because as an actor, I'm always with like other, you know, we, we are together, communal.
0: Sure. And you're also working on someone else's work. It's a collaborative... A lot of times it's a collaborative piece that was written or directed or created by someone else.
1: Right, and so I don't have to do a lot, right. but on my own, I'm yeah. like, oh, I've got to be with people. Mm. So that that's fantastic. What you did was you just made it manageable, and which is so huge, because it started to feel overwhelming.
0: Well, yeah, because when you're putting together a piece, because like, I improvise through hours. Like I'm working on a new hour of stand-up or whatever, and I've done one-person shows, but I work... On stage with with my, that's how I generate is mm. is in in real time. Like I don't write it down because that bothers me. It dies for me if I write it mm. down too much. Like sometimes I'll I'll record things over and over again until I get them right. But I'll, I'll never listen to the recordings, and I have transcribed recordings. But I know from workshopping my own stuff that you can create space for yourself like that. If you do a storytelling thing, or what I'll do to, if I'm trying to improvise through things to to get new stuff. I'll just do like a like you know, work out at a small black box theater, you know, do like a residency, like, you know, like a few Tuesdays a month with, you know, like either like a five dollar ticket or a cheap ticket with the with the understanding that I'm working on mm. something. And you know, and just you know, whoever comes comes and I'll just try to fucking process mm. it in front of people.
1: That that's great. That's kind of I think where I am. I'm looking into residencies yeah. actually because I think I need to do that sort of thing yeah. you've just described. But what I love is you've just given me like three great solutions. Yeah. So thank you.
0: As opposed to just isolating and thinking you suck. It,
1: it, yeah. You you did it. You you.
0: <laughs> Good. Yeah. Well, this was a worthwhile thing to do then. Yeah. And w- are you? And what's this Perry Mason show?
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Man. Oh yeah. Oh it's, yeah. It's um. It, Tim van patten is creating it uh-huh. with um h b o and Tim van patten did all the sopranos and oh yeah um yeah um uh boardwalk Empire Wired oh really he's fantastic old school new yorker
0: yeah um and he's resurrecting Perry Mason,
1: yeah, but it's so it's really cool because it's it's the no, it's from the novels you know it's from it's the film noir and he's just back from world war one, uh-huh and he's really damaged,
0: you oh, know. Wow. And
1: it's like, you know, I think it's nineteen twenty nine, maybe. Uh huh. Um, so it's just, it's a great world. HBO is putting a lot of resources into it. Have,
0: have you shot it already?
1: Yeah, we're shooting it. We're sh- we're shooting it from August to um to January. But like my brother, you know, he does locations and stuff. He came over and visited, and he was like, "Oh, you got a lot of toys. They're bringing out a lot of toys for this one." I'm like, "Oh yeah, this yeah. is." This is, yeah, we've got six cranes today. We had one of those things that they use at the NBA, that cool right. camera that goes on the, they're putting a lot into this. They
0: they like that guy. Well, I mean, Boardwalk Empire was pretty big, right? Yeah. Huh.
1: Yeah. So it's gorgeous. It's exciting. The cast is fantastic. It's, you know, uh, just really good thespians. Oh, good. Yeah.
0: Yeah? Who's um, in it?
1: L- Lithgow, oh, really? um uh, uh Matthew Rise, um um Root, um Stephen uh, Root. Yeah, Tatiana you just had him on, didn't I you? I did, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. in it. Um Tatiana Mlaslani, um she plays my daughter.
0: Huh. Wow. That's quite a big oh Gail Rankin. Gail Rankin. Who I work with on Glow.
1: Oh my God. Yes, Glow. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because I'm also figuring her out too. Because oh, I'm yeah. just like, wait, Cale Rankin. How the hell do I? Yeah. She's terrific.
0: She's a yeah. She's I, she was doing Shakespeare in New York. She did uh, a she did it? Macbeth,
1: right? With I think Sam so, yeah. Gold. Yeah. yeah I yes, think. yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Is Glow
1: in New York or is Glow here?
0: No, it's here. Okay. We're doing one more fourth and final. Okay. Starting in, uh, uh, I think we start in February. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, me and Gail are pals. She's great. She's great. She's an intense actress. Yeah.
1: So I got to meet her. Um,
0: oh, so you've been shooting since August. Yeah. That's why you're out here.
1: Exactly.
0: Oh, Back and it. forth. I'm got commuting. It. Now you have a kid. Yes, I do. How old's that kid? She's 11. Oh, so you are hands on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm commuting.
0: Serious I, mom duties. Oh yeah. At 11. Big time. And you you guys are in New York. Yeah, Brooklyn. Oh, well, it sounds like you got a good life going. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so just, you know, don't freak out about the one-woman show Okay, thing. okay. Just work on it, get poetic, do it in pieces, figure it out. Okay. One piece at a time. Yeah, manageable. Yes. Good talking to you. You too. Lily Taylor. Doesn't she sound exactly like Lily Taylor? Look out for Perry Mason next year and uh, enjoy birds. I don't think I've, I've really put any thought into birds, but now I will. I, I do. You know I, you know, I can't do music. What am I thinking? I'm just going to close out, but for some reason I'm, I'm stifled by it. I'm stifled by it. I, I, I'm ready to go. Because I think now more than ever it's important to say, Boomer lives! As opposed to, okay, boomer. I mean, fuck that, right? I'm barely a boomer, but fuck that. All right? Okay. Hey, folks, this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex ultra soft tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. You know, all those times you've heard guests sneeze on the show. Well, actually you don't hear any of that because we cut the sneezes out when we're editing, but take my word for it. People definitely sneeze in here. And when they they do I've got a box of Kleenex on the table right in front of them so they can use one and get right back to business and here's what Kleenex means to me a tissue that will hold up we've all used those other tissues that you blow holes right through when I see Kleenex I know that tissue is up for the job for this allergy season grab Kleenex and face allergies head on